Hello and thank you for joining us again today for our weekly sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all of his people in different ways. And there are truths to all religions that we can all learn from. Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn from and we hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. During 2020, we began this weekly sermon to offer a way to attend and get our weekly lesson from the comfort of your own home without having to congregate during the pandemic. Once we are given the green light to once again meet, thanks to the vaccine and a drop in cases, we look forward to coming together again. We will continue this weekly service, though, for those who are unable to join us. Long time ago, there was once a monk who lived on the edge of a small town. Much to the delight of the townspeople, whenever he ventured into town to help someone, everyone came out of their homes to give him gifts from their gardens. Calling out to him, O oh, teacher, we're so fortunate to have you living here. You are such a wonderful person. You do so much good. Your presence is such a blessing. To all of this, the monk would always reply, is that so? Is that so? One day, a young woman came to the monk's hut and said, Oh, teacher, I'm in terrible trouble. I'm pregnant and my family will disown me. The young man who I love so much has fled to another town because my family would certainly do him harm. I have nowhere else to turn and no one else to ask for help. The monk replied that she could live in the back room and help around the house and she would then have the security of a home for her child. Well, now when the monk went into town, he was reviled. You dirty old man, look how you have betrayed our trust and taken advantage of that young woman. How could we have ever believed in you? What shame you have brought upon us. And they hurled rotten fruit at him along with their insults. To all of this, the monk would always reply, is that so? Is that so? After a while, the father of the child returned to the town and presented himself before the family, saying, I have spent the past two years learning a trade in a neighboring town, and now I am able to provide a home for your daughter and grandchild. The family was overjoyed. Although it wasn't the best of situations, it was so much better than they had feared that they welcomed their daughter and grandchild back into the family with open arms. How different it was when the monk came into town then. The townspeople lined the road every time, presenting him with gifts of food and calling out, Oh, teacher, how could we have ever doubted you? Look at the wonderful things you have done. We are so ashamed. Please forgive us. You are such a wise and compassionate person. We are so fortunate to have you living nearby. To all of this, the monk would always reply, is that so? Is that so? This is a traditional Zen story that we can learn numerous lessons from to include acceptance, character, that we shouldn't judge others, and most importantly, that true inner peace comes when we can respond to success and failure, praise and criticism in the same detached way. The Zen master did not allow the unexpected event to disturb his inner peace, 
and inner happiness, it shows that real happiness does not depend on the opinion of others. Against the backdrop of praise and condemnation, the monk in this story holds himself apart from what everyone thinks. When, as he acts with the most compassionate and involved sense of responsibility, whether in public or in the workplace or in the privacy of home life, people will misread our intentions and jump to conclusions that cast us in a bad light. This can and will cause enormous stress upon us. As the lessons of this story teaches, though, it is us that by continuing on the most ethical course of action, our true intents will become known. We should not be pulled off center by shallow praise any more than we should by shallow criticism. The monk in the story serves as a model by maintaining emotional detachment from the transient opinion of others while never withdrawing from personal involvement with others' real needs. Maintaining personal peace in our chaotic world can be extremely difficult, though something we all need to thrive for. Isaiah 11, 6-11 gives perhaps the best imagery of what peace in the world would look like. It states, The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hands into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy. Isaiah 2.4 also describes the nations of the world coming under the rule of the Prince of Peace, saying, They will beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. What strikes me most from these passages is the peace cup coexistence that will take place between the animal kingdom and humankind. It really is a beautiful picture, but the reality is that this beautiful idea of peace can only become a reality when we have established inner peace within ourselves. How can we show our neighbors peace and love if we do not show it to ourselves? You see, peace is not simply the absence of war, chaos, or strife. The biblical concept of peace takes its definition from the Hebrew word slum, which translates to be complete. Peace, therefore, is a state of being. So many of us spend so much time, energy, and money chasing the illusion of peace, which the world offers, only to find how fleeting it really is. We may be lulled into thinking that we have attained peace when our circumstances are favorable to us. But what happens when we fall on hard times, when we face difficult relationships, when our health poses challenges, when our situation becomes less favorable? We become angry, discontent, at war with ourselves and others, sometimes even with God or our own spiritual beliefs. Worldly peace disappears when circumstances are beyond our control. I know of many successful, powerful people who would gladly trade all of their material possessions for one moment of true peace. If we were asked 
to suggest what was wrong with today's world, we may suggest some of these. The pandemic, the unstable stock market, corrupt governments, global warming, insufficient health care, lack of food, broken families, and the list can go on and on. We try to somehow fix these problems by doing good, feeding the hungry, passing laws to conserve wildlife, whatever it takes to create a rest point of peace just to make it a little a, and a little better and last for a little bit. But does it last? No, of course not. Our actions address the symptoms of a world, but we fail to see the root of the problem. Just like many medicines do today, we simply mask the symptoms without solving what the ailment is. But what if I told you there was a better way? What if I said we can all find inner peace? We just need to know how to find it. And the first step is deciding that you deserve it in your life. Like many people, I have also lived my life for many years failing to understand that inner peace is a choice and that I will never find it unless I allow myself to. I am not sure what I thought. Maybe I thought it was easier to live life angry or always on the defense. Perhaps I didn't even believe anyone could feel a lasting peace inside themselves. Like many others, there were numerous ups and downs in my life, claims on my time, and difficult situations that I had to deal with. I think I actually believed inner peace could only be achieved by monks and saints, or anyone living in a reclusive life, either at a monastery or in the middle of the woods who didn't have to deal with everyday struggles. I was stuck in a world of confusion, wondering how I could ever find peace when there was always something, some drama going on in my own life or the lives of those I loved. In fact, at times, it seemed to me that the whole world was against me or at least filled with negativity out to get me. Stuff I saw on TV, read on Facebook, or heard from someone I knew. It was the kind of stuff that pulls at your emotions. The breaking news story of a missing woman being found murdered. The tragedy of a child being killed by a hit-and-run driver. The numbers of homeless people tripling. A devastating tsunami killing thousands. And paralyzing a country. A pandemic. A doomed economy. And more. Then, there were the stories closer to home. A friend being diagnosed with a terminal illness, my grandmother suffering and dying from dementia, my best friend's marriage falling apart, all tearing at my heart and leaving me hurt and grieving. Remember that a wise person once said, peace of mind is not the absence of conflict from life, but the ability to cope with it. Looking back, I know my emotions were important. They were who molded and formed me and continue to do so today. Emotions make us who we are and even allow us to extend empathy to those we care about. But in the deepest part of myself, I did not feel good most of the time. I longed to not be so emotional. I wanted to be released from all the conflict in my life, to not react to other people's words 
their anger, to feel serenity in my heart and be in control of my own emotions. It was an almost desperate need to alter or to stop the negative cycle of events which seemed to dominate my relationships in my life. I believe it was that intention which kept on surfacing in my mind and in my heart that fueled my spiritual search and led me to discover a more peaceful way to live, despite the conflict in my life. It was a few years ago now. I can't pinpoint exactly when it happened or what the point was when I finally felt a peace inside that did not come and go along with my, my emotions or the drama in my life. It was the culmination of making a lot of changes. These changes included knowing I was loved and cared about and for. We all have people who care and love about us in our lives. You may not even know all the people that care about you, but they are out there. Knowing we are loved comes with knowing who we are, not judging ourselves or others for mistakes we make and from daily meditation in which we feel the unconditional love of something greater than ourselves by starting allow us to love ourselves we start letting love into our lives once this is done love and compassion will be ever present in your life and you will be surprised by some of the places where you will find it. Next, you need to monitor and change your thoughts. This worked for me. I once believed I had no control over my negative thoughts, especially about myself. I never considered the idea that thoughts can be changed, that thoughts are based on perspective. Then one day I started focusing on my thoughts and realized much of what I was thinking did not reflect the way I truly felt. And it definitely did not present the way I wanted to be thought of. Just by paying attention to them, we see that many thoughts are primarily fear-based and judgmental. And because they come and go unchallenged, most of us struggle through life unconsciously, accepting that we are our thoughts. We simply do not look at our challenges. And we don't challenge them as they appear and disappear. By accepting them, we allow them to shape our beliefs, both about ourselves and our world. Once you start recognizing that you control your thoughts, you can begin changing your thoughts through observing how your thoughts differ from the way you really feel. You can choose to place a different thought in your mind, which more accurately reflects the way that you really feel. Coming from loving kindness and living from my higher self has created such a calmness, such a peace. By noticing and appreciating other people's kindness, we become aware how much that kindness really matters in daily living, in dealing with difficult telephone calls, perhaps an angry person on the other end of the line. And we can choose to be kind. When a friend asks us to help with something, we can decide on the kindest thing to say or do. If someone asks us for a donation for the umpteenth time, we can deal with the request kindly. 
Obviously, there are times we cannot give whatever is being asked of us. When we do not have the means or desire to agree to a certain request in these circumstances, saying no with kindness is our best choice. Sometimes, kindly refusing to provide assistance is important in helping promote personal growth in others and allowing them to learn some important life lessons. By choosing kindness, we allow positive energy to flow from us to others and prevent negative energy from reaching us or infusing situations in this way. We create and maintain a connection to our higher selves and realize just how good it feels to be kind. Perhaps the key to feeling real peace is being able to accept what is. As Lao Tzu said, life is a series of natural and spontaneous changes. Don't resist them. That only creates sorrow. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally forward in whatever way they like. This is what acceptance is. This is what being kind is. Acceptance simply means recognizing what is going on. You can accept things as they are and then decide that you are going to move right, you're going to move left, or you're going to continue straight ahead. Knowing that the only person we have the power to change is ourselves enables us to make that change. As soon as we start to think there is something not right, not the way it should be, or we become judgmental about a situation or a person, their words or their behavior, we know we have moved away from accepting what is by wanting to control what is outside of us. Truth is, there is a lot of negative energy and craziness in the world. We can choose to fight it, screaming and thrashing for the rest of our lives getting nowhere, or we can all learn to live with inner peace. And sometimes it is time to fight, but only when the fight is right. If your intentions are strong and comes from the deepest part of you, you will find peace. Outwardly, nothing might change. Peace comes from making the changes inside yourself. It begins and continues through first becoming more aware of who you really are. Knowing that you are loved, making changes for the better in the ways you think and deciding what changes, if any, you should make in the way you live. Practicing loving kindness and accepting the world as it is. As serenity and unconditional love fill your heart, you will accept that you cannot go back and will not relinquish what you have gained, what you have now found, that peace that you seem to have been searching for your entire life. Finally, you will come to this deep inner peace inside you that endures regardless of what challenges life brings to you. Remember, when things change inside you, and you find the peace you deserve in your life, a true unmatching peace, things can and will also change around you. But you will be calm and in control of yourself and therefore be able to take the actions necessary 
to get those things to change around you. Your peace will be felt, sought, and discovered by others close to you. You will want it. They will want it. They will ask about it. They will seek it. And with any luck, they too will find it. If we can all find inner peace, then this world truly will be a better place. Thank you again for listening to this week's sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe, and therefore God is smart enough to speak to all of his people in different ways. There are truths to all religions that we can all learn from. Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn from, and we hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. To find out more about us, please visit us at our Facebook page at This Grand Life Theology or email us at thisgrandlifetheology at gmail.com. Remember, you can make your life and your world as grand as you want it to be.